mom of three and lover of travel, Rennie talks to us about her daughter's experience on her gap year and what it was like to go through that process and to return back to post-secondary afterwards. So if you're curious about what this might look like for you or for your kid, take a listen to this story. sharing their stories, ideas, and experts diving deep into how you can make the right decisions in order to have a meaningful gap year. This is the place to be no matter where you are on your gap year journey. I'm Michelle Dittmer, your resident gap year expert. Let's jump right in. Today on the Gap Year Podcast, I'm speaking with Rennie Walker, a parent who has an incredible message to share with us today. So uh, Rennie, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be speaking with you. So maybe you could give the listeners a little bit of context as to why you wanted to share a little bit of your story and a little bit of your, your experience here today. Sure. Um, I uh, I do have um, a background in in traveling. Uh, you know, I started traveling when I was in my teens, um, and my first um, solo trip was um, uh, as a nineteen year old. I just finished high school, and it you know it was just a week um, at an all inclusive resort. But and it was really scary for me actually to do that. I remember at the time wanting to go, but also being very nervous about it. But the part of me that didn't want to be nervous about it won out and and I went and my parents supported me. And again, it was just for a week, but um, it has stayed with me my entire life. And, you know, I'm in my fifties now. And the, what I learned about myself um, in that one week away was um, really pivotal. So I have three kids now, uh, you know, the oldest is 21 and the 19 year old and the 17 year old. And two of the three love to travel. And that thrills me, but I also know how um, valuable that is. So it's, it's, um, it's, I think it's easier for me because I do also have that love of travel, but um, I, I, I really do want to encourage them to explore the world and, and get as much out of it as they can. I think it's so interesting when I talk to people they always can pinpoint those experiences that have stuck with them. And I don't think I've had a single conversation where anybody said, sitting in that lecture hall, taking notes, it really stuck with me as something that changed my life. Uh, And yet these stories of getting out there on your own and doing something that scares you and succeeding at it are, are stories that come up again and again. For sure. And I, you know, I do know, I can see in some of the choices that I've made that a big motivator for me has always been, I don't want to regret not taking that chance. Um, so no, I, I, I share those experiences with my kids and I, and I tell them what motivates me to make the choices that I, that I make. Um, and I, I try to provide them with, um, you know, the context and, and to consider all of the aspects of making a choice, you know, the, what, what you need to know, what you can know, what you don't know. Um, and there are, I really don't believe there are um, right or wrong choices. It's the, 
it's the right choice for you now. So um, two of my children, the eldest, have, have gone on gap years and have traveled during those gap years. And um, it, they were wonderful experiences, not because they were perfect, but because um, it really allowed them to learn a lot about themselves, what they like, what they don't like, what scares them, what doesn't scare them, and just taking on that, um, it's a lot of responsibility, and they, they really had to um, manage, um, you know, everything about their day-to-day -day experiences. Where are they eating? How are they getting somewhere? Do they have enough money? Um, and, and you can't really um, replicate that experience. It, it, and and I I know that they're going to carry that forward and it's impacted how they're now um, experiencing going to school and how they're managing their time and and it, it's it's taught them how to um, what what to value and what to expect out of life and they've it really has sort of made um, them hungry for more um, and to want big experiences and they're not it's almost it's almost removed any complacency. Um, they're really taking charge of their learning. They're taking charge of their their goals because they 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 can actually see how their work can 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 achieve something for them. I want to circle back to something you said at the beginning of your answer that I just want to really underscore for listeners. You said that you don't believe in right and wrong choices. You believe that it is the right choice for you now. I think one of the things that scares a lot of people about this transition from adolescence into adulthood is this fear of permanence, that you're making a decision that's going to define the rest of your life. And I think that's a little bit of a misnomer that we get caught up in as young people who don't necessarily have years and years of life experience behind them and the, the pressure of peers who are all looking to, to move in a certain direction. And as parents, sometimes we can forget that as well. Absolutely. And both of my um, daughters who took gap years each confront, not confronted, but were confronted with people who were, um, you know, maybe their age or slightly older who were, um, you know, slightly concerned that they were taking a year off. And, and, the, and, it, and the response was sort of like, you're going to fall behind. Um, everyone that you're, you're studying with now is going to be a year ahead of you. Um, it's almost like there's, uh, you know, one last space at university, one last job, uh, you know, one last opportunity. Um, and, and, you know, at, it, they were already, they had already decided to do that. And, and yes, we supported them. So they were comfortable in that decision, but it even shocked them that, you know, among their peers, there was this feeling that, um, you know, you're going to fall behind. It's a race and there's an end in sight. Um, and I think they, they still needed to do some internal work around not sort of falling into, um, that, I guess, belief pattern um, that there will be jobs, there will be spaces in university. Um, you know, it's, you're, you're not racing anyone. It's more of a, um, you know, a prog your own progress. You really do need to sort of measure it out yourself and, and decide what, what are your goals and, and how quickly are you hoping to gain them? And, and what, what, what is your pressure? What, what is motivating you to finish it? Um, 
you know, I would rather they take time to determine what they want to be doing and where they want to be going and what they want to be studying rather than sort of hoping that they're going to finish something quickly and then move into a job quickly and then perhaps down the road it wasn't the right choice and they're not happy. And I don't think that all parents recognize that you can get so much clarity in one year that in the end, if you are worried about this, this race that you're, you're racing to get to the end point, well, first of all, jokes on you, the end point mm-hmm. is a, a 30, 40 year career. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and taking that time can save you time and money in the long run, because you can rule out things that maybe aren't the right fit, or you know, a, a clearer direction on something that might be a better fit, or you've developed the life skills to be able to excel in whatever direction you choose to head afterwards. Absolutely. And not every child um, will be able to um, have the same goals or achieve the same outcomes as, you know, perhaps your other children or you or the children in your life. So, you know, out of our three children, we have two who are who have had a gap year and who are university. Uh, it's not as clear with our son. He's 17. He's not a traveler. Um, he he likes his routine. He um, is comfortable at home and he likes, you know, being with his friends. So, you know, we do encourage him to, um, and yeah, we are encouraging him to take a gap year after when he finishes high school um, because, you know, maybe he would enjoy a year of working before going to decide wherever he decides to go or whatever he decides to do. Um, because I think there's just a lot of pressure on kids these days to, you know, and it is so very competitive um, to to move quickly through each of these phases. And um, I think that's actually when we really need to um, help our kids to slow down a little and <clears throat> remove that that pressure that you know the world is putting on them and say within this space of our family um, you can imagine all kinds of things and it doesn't have to happen at anybody else's pace but your own I think that I just need to say that again that that each kid is unique and they are on a very different pathway and journey and they are going to be ready for different things at different times in their life and slowing down and reflecting and really finding out who you are and who you want to be as an adult it's a very complicated process there's a lot of reflection there's a lot of life experience and it's a big transition coming out of high school and when we put that additional pressure of go hard go fast, get there before other people, that isn't necessarily helpful to them to find out who they are and who they want to be. For sure. And, and I think, you know, kids, um, they, they, this, they, if they, if we don't show them that there's another way of thinking, we have to model that they might not know that they, they can take that approach because, you know, that's so, that is such a big part of our culture and our society that there is, um, you know, um, only so much opportunity available. And, um, you know, and and I understand that it's, you know, um, it's a very um, competitive time. And and certainly in in universities, it can feel like it's more competitive. But I think, um, like you were saying, you have to really look at your children and say, 
if you if 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 this is what we're where we're encouraging you to go is that the right choice for you and we have to take our our interests into account but also their interests and then try to find um, a middle ground and honestly to be frank that was really you know sort of it wasn't always easy but when i just kept bringing it back to um this is what i want but what do i really you know hope for her um or him it it, it allowed me to um make sure that you know my objectives were um clear that i wasn't you know confusing what i wanted for her with what she ended up wanting for herself I was speaking at an event called Tech Under 20 for young people who are involved in, in the tech sector. And one of, they asked what my biggest advice to these young people were. And the biggest advice I had was to clarify what their parents' expectations of them were and what their own expectations of themselves were. Because when those two things don't align, it can put so much pressure and stress on a young person's mental health. If they are trying to live up to their parents' expectations or heading in a particular direction because the parent is um, very overtly or inadvertently putting these ideas or these uh, projections onto their kid, the kid can really start to shoulder that and it can start to feel very, very heavy. So I really like the idea that you were able to sit down and be reflective yourself and unpack what you wanted for your kid versus what they wanted. And as a parent, we all want what's best for our kids. And so there is that element of looking out for them and applying our grown-up life experience to their lives. But that's not necessarily the be-all and the end and the be-all and the end all for these decisions in, in a young person's life. Absolutely. And when you and when you you know model that um, I guess thought process um it's surprising how kids can really um own that themselves so my uh older daughter um you know decided to take a gap year uh and then um attended university and you know decided to do um um her four years over five years because she she realized she wanted to um be able to um do her best um um, manage her her mental well-being um, perhaps um, work in some additional travel perhaps do some work um, and she she was able to um, create that all on her own where I remember when I was in university I was doing um, a, an honor degree but it was condensed into three years and I just blindly sort of you know went into this program didn't think about the experience I I have such university was such a blur for me. Um, I remember just you know churning through classes and programs, and um, it it was it was it was about getting through. Um, there were many many classes that I could not attend because I was um, in a very demanding program, um, and I could not possibly keep up with everything that I was expected to do. And I look back and think. You know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Um, and I'm glad that she was able to, you know, look at, at what she was experiencing and say, this is how I'm going to be managing it. And I think being able to, I think taking a year off really sort of 
removed her from that um, sort of feeling of having to move in lockstep with everyone around her. She just decided, you know, she's she has ambitions of, um, you know, be getting a PhD. So she knows she's going to be in school for a while. And then now it's, it's marching to her own um, drum. She has her own timelines. Uh, you know, she, she knows what she wants to be doing and she's just able to do it at her own pace. I think that's a great way to look at it. And it's a great way to mirror how society is actually shifting as well. So you talk about your experience about just getting through and just hammering through and accelerated and fast and and putting in the time, not necessarily learning. And that's Mm -hmm. that's reflective of this industrial revolution where where you are a a cog in this machine and you do what you're told and when you're told and then the whole machine functions. Mm-hmm. Whereas your daughter's experience is, is being able to create the life that she wants to lead by figuring out how to integrate the learning in meaningful ways, taking on a more holistic um, timetable where she can factor in the other things in her life that are important. And that ability to be able to manage that and to be the director of your own life is going to translate so well into the new workforce, which is shifting and evolving and changing as there are more um, fractional work opportunities where you may be piecing together several jobs, or you may be in the entrepreneurial space where you, you have to be a little bit more creative. So those skills that she gained in her gap year are now translating to her life as a student will then again translate into the world of work when she gets there. And it's all of those um, experiences. It's very hard to know which one um, is going to, you know, uh, really have the, the, the biggest impact, but it's hoping that your children are, um, you know, uh, experiencing these things. And w- my goal was never to um, protect them from the, um, the challenges or, you know, hard decisions, um, but really give them an opportunity and to know that, you know, there is a safety net in the sense that we support them and there is only so far they will be able to fall um, with a family that, you know, wants them to be able to go out there and make decisions. And, and you know, they, they, there was no concern on our end of, of um, it always being the right decision. Um, the goal was um, here, be ready to take an opportunity. Um, there's, there's never a guarantee of success. Um, evaluate the risks. You know, we're not, we don't want them to be making crazy choices um, or risky choices, but really, you know, review what you're, what you're trying to do and, and see what the, the possible, the possibilities are, what you can possibly gain um, and then go for it. You know, and, and I think that if I look back over my life or my career, I kind of wish that I had had more of that confidence to um, push myself, um, to have the confidence to um, not be afraid of failure. And I think that's what it all really comes down to when, you know, we're talking about um, making the right choice or the wrong choice. I mean, really, this is all that it is. It's, you know, do you choose this field over that field? Do you choose this university over that university? Do you choose um, this job or this position over that one? Um, What are the risks? What are the real risks in making a wrong decision? And I think if we really peel it back, um, 
almost everything is is salvageable there you know if you're if you're if you are trying to you know make a choice based on what's making me happy and and is this taking me to a place that can offer me fulfillment um then i don't know how wrong you can go and i i want to say that again you you don't know how wrong you can go because there is very few things in your life that are are going to be so cast in stone that they can't be rewritten and mm-hmm. and so i'm i'm really glad that you brought that up and i i also want to highlight a couple of the things that you were just talking about you were you were really describing the decision-making process. And I work with so many young people that are paralyzed by making decisions because they have this, this fatalistic view of making a decision. Well, if I make this choice, that means that door is going to be closed forever. And so instead of making a decision, they just kind of circle around and around and around and, and aren't prepared to commit. So I like that you you pulled that out as as kind of breaking that down a little bit into that decision-making process. So being able to take a step back, to look at the situation, to evaluate realistically what are the risks, what are the benefits, and if I go down that path, can I can I adjust my path to get on a different track? If it wasn't the exact right decision to make, is there um, is there a detour that I can take to get in another direction? So I I think that was just a phenomenal thing to really pull out of that last comment. Yeah, and I think you know I think adults need to learn that lesson. You know, I mean, and uh, you know, I'm mid career and. Um, you know, I speak to a lot of, um, you know, acquaintances and friends and people who are unhappy, um, you know, and where their their lives have gone or where their careers have gone. And I'm constantly not challenging people, but gently suggesting um, that it isn't too late. Or, I mean, honestly, um, the, 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 for me, I would rather you sort of look at where you've come and say, what can I transfer? What skills can I take? And how do I transition this into something that will give me more joy? Um, and I haven't always been successful at that, but I've, I, I have, you know, managed to transition in and out of careers. Um, and I, I'm, I am happy in the direction that I'm going. Um, I don't know that I would have been happy being in one job and one career that was just slowly moving forward. I think that's the nature of who I am. I need to, I need to shift things around. Um, and could, could it have taken me higher or further in another avenue? Yes. I just don't know if that would have made me happier. So I, 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 I think it depends on what your ultimate goal is and what I've tried to, to sort of hold out as the goal for, for our children is um, please focus on finding um, work, life work, um, that doesn't necessarily mean just paid work, but life work that um, gives you meaning and where you feel, you know, you are um, making a contribution. So, um, you know, sometimes, again, you can get that through a paid job, but if you can't, then what else are you contributing? And that's the whole picture of a person. Um, and travel is part of that, and, and volunteering is part of that, and um, community is part of that. Um, so it's it's to me it's the it's got to be the bigger picture. It can't just be about what's your job. 
And I, and I like the approach that you're taking to looking at the whole life and not just necessarily beelining for a career or a paycheck in the end. And that's really a, a model that can be applied to a gap year as well. There are lots of people who spend their time working over the course of their gap year to earn money to pay for their post-secondary, which is a very real and very large cost in a lot of cases. Um, but spending time to develop the other parts of who you are, really what's going to make the gap year so meaningful. So you mentioned um, work, you mentioned travel, you mentioned volunteerism, um, and personal development or personal exploration or picking up new hobbies, connecting with different communities. And that was another one that stood out for me was when you were talking about a sense of community, um, because I think that is something that's really important to connect to, whether that is your local or your global community. Oh, absolutely. So my older daughter who traveled, um, she did a three-month um, volunteer um, uh, experience in South Africa and it was very powerful she was volunteering in um, um, a nursery school with um, teachers who um, did not have a lot of resources and what she found was that what the children wanted most was um, someone to play with so there wasn't a lot of um, um, personal affection and play and she didn't speak the language but she had this fantastic connection with these children because she was um she was fun and that's what they needed the volunteers for because the teachers were so busy with this you know very um full busy school um and and it cemented her um um understanding or belief that she wanted to work with children and i think you know it served a purpose because it also is a very um a valuable experience for her to have as she is applying for grad school and as she's um, working currently in uh, research labs and she's trying to um, um, you know she is competing with um, other students for limited roles um, and now she has this experience where um, she has worked in a school environment and she has worked with children and as she's trying to um, get a position as a research assistant she has it so this wonderful experience that she had um, is now actually um, helping her to be more competitive as somebody who in former jobs hired a lot of recent grads, I can't even tell you how many resumes and CVs I just put to the side when they didn't have anything other than their school on their resume. Because there's no way from a piece of paper to tell the difference whether you got your BA from Queens or your BA from McMaster or UBC. Um, if there's nothing differentiating you on your resume, um, then it's, it's really hard to to get your foot in the door. So there's got to be something that you've done in your life that makes you stand out enough to at least get an interview. Um, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be specifically in the field you're looking to go into. Like you were talking about applying this to research positions, but there's something there that made your daughter different, that gave her skills, hard and soft skills that she can apply, but also just a, a piece of interest about her that in that interview that she gets, she's got something that she can relate to another human being and tell stories about. 
completely and you know an insight into um the an, another part of the world and how um um another part of the world lives and and um we've always tried to um teach our children um, um that for the most part we can all look and say how fortunate we are um and appreciate what we have and when you travel and you experience another culture um it's not necessarily to say to always see your your good fortune or, or how much more you have but to get a wider sense of the world um because um how we live and how we do things in canada and in north america is is it's very different um it just it's a it, you know when we i've lived in australia i've lived, lived in england we've traveled around europe um europeans have a very different approach to life um and you know when we explore that and we experience it it, it can really show you that um you know this uh, very competitive uh work focused um culture that we live in it's it's not necessarily the way it is for everyone around the world and you might find that you know this maybe is not for you maybe you want to experience life somewhere else and have um a different reality it doesn't have to be this and you know so we really did want our children to also know that um this is how things are here but by by exploring other cultures you see that um there's a lot of ways of, of doing things and there's a big buzzword now around global competency and um, intercultural understanding as skills that a lot of organizations are looking for. But as you say, it gives you a different perspective. And whether you decide you want to go and live in another country that has a particular attribute or culture that is more appealing to you, or you want to find a community locally that, that lives a different way, or even if you wanted to be part Part of the the change in the culture that we have here if you want to be instigating um, like you know starting the Canadian Gap Year Association because uh, mm -hmm. you, you recognize that there's something in your in your culture that you want to make a dent in those those are things that are, are possible because you do have that perspective but if you're accepting everything as status quo and and applying your mental model to the rest of the world that's when we end up in in lots of trouble um, politically, um, interculturally, interfaithly, um, and we can end up in, in a pretty messy world that doesn't have the same tolerance or understanding of the other people that inhabit this planet. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that we need more of that. We need more of people um, understanding that there is more than one way of doing things, um, that there are different perspectives, that we can benefit by understanding these different perspectives. Uh, it's um, the more we know and the more the more experiences we can um, uh, feed into um, our, our, you know, the goals that we have set for ourselves, whether they're personal or, or through our careers, um, that's that can only be beneficial. Um, nobody has all of the answers and and um, you know we're not we shouldn't be expected to but you know open yourself up to seeing how how what other ways there are of doing things 
I like that you said uh, the more we know and the more experiences we have. We used to live in a knowledge society where the more knowledge you had, the more power and the more success you had. But now with the access to the internet and open information that's just everywhere, it isn't necessarily about knowledge, but it is about those experiences that are going to help you to, to become a better person, a better citizen, and to, to lead a happier, more fulfilling life is, is tapping into those experiences and taking the learning and applying it to the different situations in your life. So I'm glad you, you mentioned knowledge and experiences and, and how they can work uh, hand in hand to, to lead you toward your, towards your own goals. For sure. And I think, you know, we need to be honest with our children about how it's an, it's an ever evolving journey. You know, um, I, I, I'm, I'm, as I think I mentioned, I'm still, um, you know, looking for ways to, um, you know, fine tune, uh, you know, the work life balance and what is it that I want out of my work? And is it, is it able to satisfy all of the parts of me? And, you know, I, I have those conversations with my kids that um, you, you know, when you finish your first degree or your second degree or your third degree, um, that's not the end of it. You don't, you don't finish, um, uh, you know, and just now you have a job and, and then you can stop thinking about it. You know, it, it, you're constantly going to be having these check-ins where you say, is this, is this where I want to be? Is this taking me where I want to go? Um, do I really want a job that, um, you know, um, is constantly perhaps, um, you know, you're, you're becoming more successful and, and you're, you're gaining more authority, but is that taking you to a place where you think you're going to be happy? Because maybe you, you want something else and, and you have to be ready to assess that and make a decision to change. And, and there's no way you can have a career that spans 30, 35 years and, and have it start in one place and, and go, uh, you know, a very straight direction. It, it's, um, it's, I just, I just don't think that you can see, you know, from the very beginning at, at the, you know, early stages of your life, where you're going to want to be in 30, 35 years. So they have to be willing to um, be flexible. It's just something that I think if, if we, if we teach that to our kids and if we model that with them, that we don't have all the answers and, you know, it's, it's sometimes we just have to um, let ourselves be open to change. Um, I think they, they can really be more in control of their life um, as much as possible and be um, more flexible. And, and I think that, you know, as the, as the economy changes and as our society changes, that's going to be really important. So you have shared so much wisdom with us today uh, about how you are setting up your kids for success. So are there any tips that you could impart on some of the parents listening out there or some of the young people who might be requesting of their parents to, uh, to help them on their journey. Um, for those who are considering taking a gap year or those who um, are just in the midst of that transition from adolescence into adulthood. So what, what advice would you give parents? I think it's, I think it's perhaps the most important advice would be um, to be a partner with your children as they explore this. Um, I don't personally believe that you, 
I, I don't think it's a good idea to say no in the sense that um, for some children, no is just um, an, a, a, a sort of an invitation to do something anyway. Um, so I always wanted my kids to feel like, um, let's talk about it. Let's let's review this together and see um, what what your objective is. What are you looking for? So try to try to be involved with them. Uh, I I really also believe it's important to share your concerns, um, and um, you know not in an alarmist way, but to be genuine and say these are the things that that worry me about this plan of yours. Um, help me understand how. Um, perhaps I don't need to worry about this. Um, so I think, um, you know, if you have concerns about um, children traveling too far or being too far away, um, see if there's, um, uh, if you can achieve the same goal, a gap year, um, maybe they travel closer to home, maybe there's um, some work um, involved where, you know, you feel that it's not just a matter of, uh, you know, having your child roaming, you know, um, around uh, sort of and, and unreachable but if there's some structure around it see if you can be a partner in that um in that thought process and that decision making so that together you find something that you're comfortable with and quest and make sure that you're questioning um if your fears are um reasonable i think it, it is natural to be afraid but by the time they finish high school and that they're considering going into um college or university they really are adults um and the the you know the, the main objective for parents is to provide their children with the um tools that they need to become adults and university is um quite challenging it requires a lot of um you know um skill sets and uh, you you know by encouraging your kids to take a year to assess um spend some time either working or traveling or volunteering you're giving them a little bit of um time to um uh sort of acclimate from what happened in high school it can be a lot of uh, you know um it's a social time it's it's a very busy time you know they can they can decompress from that experience and then really um evaluate what they want to accomplish um so just be a partner in the, in that um discussion and um, make sure that your your expectations are um, you know shared with them and also that your fears are, are reasonable. I like that you use the term partner because we hear in the news all the time helicopter parents, snowplow parents that are are being accused or are um, trying to do things for their young person. And I think that we carry that forward from when our kids are young and they do need us to do all of those things for them. And we need to slowly start giving them more responsibility. If we want them to launch as a successful adult, we need to move from doing for to doing with and then being that guide on the side that that can be there for them to tap into when they need it and that's the natural progression of parenting and so for for parents who may have may feel or may identify as the snowplow parent or the uh, the helicopter parent this is a really natural way to see how your role shifts as a parent from being the one who's the provider to being one who's the 
partner and then to being one who's the advisor on the side. So I think that's a really great um, tip that you've shared with parents. And I like that you said to, to be involved. This isn't just saying, okay, you're an adult now, good luck with life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you have life experience that you can share with your kid. But just answering no, you can't do that, or that's a bad idea, is going to be very detrimental to their development as a person because they see you as a parent as such a wise person and they will either rebel against you or they will just squash their own dreams and move on to something else. But if you can have that conversation where you can express your concerns and why you have those concerns and hear them out because they may be able to convince you otherwise or they may have additional pieces of information that can support you in in shifting your perspective as well. Absolutely. So I'll share an anecdote with you. So my, um, one of my daughters preparing for her gap year, um, very, very excited about traveling to Europe um, and had such beautiful, wonderful, um, high expectations for this. And because I know my daughter, I said, I just want you to be prepared for, you know, the first couple of days you're going to arrive, you're going to be tired. Um, and you will probably cry. So I don't want you to be stressed and overwhelmed when that happens. It's going to be okay. And I think it was probably the first day she arrived. She was in London. She was so excited. She went to the British Museum. This child loves museums. And she called me from a bathroom stall sobbing. <laughs> she was so she was so tired from the jet lag. She was so overwhelmed at being in this city by herself. And she ignored all of those feelings that she was having and plowed through and went to the British Museum because that's what she thought she was going to want to do, you know, having just arrived in London and was completely overwhelmed. And you know, I, I said to her, I, we talked about this. It's going to be okay. You you do tend to cry when you're feeling tired and stressed. And it's natural. And you've got to give yourself time. And, you know, slowly, 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 it got better. It took quite a bit of time for her to um, understand what it was going to be like for her to travel alone. It took her about two weeks. And part of her felt very sad that she was you know two weeks of this trip that she'd been planning months and months and months for and that she was paying for um were were spent not enjoying it 100 percent. and she really learned um how she has these high expectations and that sometimes things you know don't go the way she expects them to and how is she going to deal with them um and having a little bit of a better understanding of herself she she really wants to be the type of person who can travel alone but she realizes she really does like to travel with someone else and she has to lose those judgments that she has about you know what she thinks is a better experience so it was just interesting because she had to really, um, she she had to experience it. That was not something we could have just told her. She needed to live it to really understand it. 
So I think that everybody can relate to that experience of feeling overwhelmed and everybody has a moment in their life that they can connect back with where they are the equivalent of sitting there crying in London um, and, and really having such a transformational experience and really learning a lot about ourselves through, through that lived experience. So just... I am so grateful that you have been so open in sharing how you approached your parenting, how you approached the idea of a gap year, how you addressed some of the resistance that, uh, that naturally comes up when you're taking a pathway that's different than other people. And I know that our audience might have some questions for you. So is there a way that they could uh, reach out to connect with you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about the experience and, and just um, share, you know, um, my thoughts. If, if um, you want to um, provide your um, listeners with my email address, that's great. I would love to, to, to discuss and share with people. Wonderful. So I will include your email address in the show notes. So if you do have specific questions for Rennie, but by all means, please do reach out. You have her permission uh, to, to pick her brain a little bit and to get some support on this journey because it's sometimes not easy to do it alone. So thank you so much for being here today and sharing your stories. I know the listeners will have so much food for thought to chew on for the next little bit as they support their young person. Thanks so much, Michelle. It was a real pleasure talking to you. If this story resonated with you and you're looking for some more information, I encourage you to come out and check out one of our Gap Year information sessions. It is a great way to get more general information on the Gap Year pathway and what's happening this year, given all of the pandemic situation that we're in and how things might actually look for you or for your kid. So head to the CanGab website and check out under our resources tab all of the events we have coming up.